everybody. Welcome to episode 30 of the Daughter and Pops podcast. Happy Tuesday. It's Taco Tuesday. Also the Contender Series today, Pops. Anything to say before we get started? Shredded chicken tacos. Those are my favorite. <laughs> Make sure it's shedded. <laughs> Taco Tuesday and Game 7s. What else could you ask for? Right? So yesterday, we'll speak on that first. In the NBA, the Heat-Bucks game, um, everybody knows who I'm going for and who I think is going to win. And guess what? The Heat won the first game 115-104. to I do have to say, though, I didn't think that they would win by 11. Did you think they'd win by, like, 10 or more pops? Um, no. Is that how much they pulled away to win by? Yeah. They won by 11. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it used to be at the beginning of the season, we most people thought that for the Heat, they'd struggle offensively. Um, They're not struggling offensively, that's for sure. No, they have a lot of different weapons. They're very diverse, and when you have that many weapons, and that essentially gives you more options, which makes it that much harder to prepare for a team like them, and it gives them a lot of different counters to plays that they can run. So they are for real, and I, I do believe, great call. You, you're right, you did call that. We did Jimmy, say go ahead. whoever won game one would win the series. Yeah. That's, so you're that's off and true. running. Uh, I saw Jimmy Butler had 40 in that game, too. I think that he's a great leader. And I know I saw an article um, or message saying how Jimmy Butler is able to hold his teammates accountable and get on them because his teammates hold him accountable as well. So I think that from a leadership standpoint, they're, they're very strong. Yeah, I mean, you've done your homework. <laughs> um, and then the second game of the day was the th- uh, Thunder Rockets game uh, six. And the Thunder pulled it off 104 to 100. Um, CP3 pulled it off in clutch time. You know, I feel bad in saying this, um, but I was not able to watch any of that game. And I know you were waiting for me to watch specifically that fourth quarter, Tati. Yeah, that last three um, minutes when it was tied 98-98. Yeah. So I'm not going to pretend to be smart. I'm not that <laughs> smart either way. But I'm not going to speak to what I don't know. But um, obviously Chris Paul took over late, right? And I did yeah. read an article about it. So um, what else? Could, you know, another game seven. Uh, right? Th- that that's going to be an exciting one. That series has gone back and forth, you know. Uh, and so... Oops, oh, sorry, guys. There's some phone calls blowing up. Maybe that's Chris Paul right there calling you. <laughs> uh, well, who, who, who do you take in Game 7? Well, I feel like James Harden is going to want to win. Well, both teams are going to want to win, like, extremely bad. <laughs> of course. But I feel like with nobody can really guard James Harden. I know that Dort has been on him and Dort's a great defensive player, but it's really hard to stop Harden. So I do feel like he'll go off. I feel like Chris Paul's gonna go off in clutch time again. I feel like it's gonna be super close and gonna come down to like the final 10, 20 seconds of the game. But I'm gonna as much as I hate saying this, I think that the Rockets are gonna end up pulling it off. You think so? Yeah, I really want to go with the Thunder, but I just, I just, I don't know. Also, I think another reason why the Thunder won yesterday is because Gallinari went for 25 points, right? You said yep. Gallinari was another key piece to that. I did say that. And, you know, for me, going into the series, I kept talking about how the Thunder are such a clutch team. They and definitely are. 
that might have changed a little bit in the in the bubble, but it didn't yesterday. And <laughs> you know, I, I think if we're saying that clutch, which is defined by the final five minutes in the fourth quarter of a close game, separated by five points or less, and Chris Paul talking about coming up clutch in the fourth quarter. Isn't that kind of the definition of Game 7s? Isn't Game 7s nothing but, like, fourth quarter pressure? Yeah. I like the Thunder. Okay. Well, I could, I would like to agree with you as well, but. (laughs) And then in the WNBA yesterday, um, the Sky Fever game, the Sky won 100-77, Courtney Vandersloot, the Courtney Vandersloot set the all-time game high in 18 assists in a game. Yep. So that was very impressive. Um, and then that Lynx Sparks game, the Lynx won 96 to 78. Anything to say on that Lynx game? Because I know we were pretty high on them. I was surprised with how easily they won that game. Um, I, I think the Lynx are for real. I think they're even more for real when they're off of a loss. And that's that's usually a sign of a team that's got some lofty expectations. They refuse to lose two in a row. This is a prideful team that also has a lot of young talent. The more they get used to playing together, the better they're going to be. Are they better without Sylvia Fowles? Honestly, yeah. I think so. Isn't that kind of what we're talking about with the Mercury without Brittany Griner? Yeah. Is I feel the, like the, Sylvia Fowles is getting... I. I'm going to pull a Pops here, and I don't want to... This is going to disturb quite a few people, probably. But I feel like Sylvia Fowles is getting older, like, old. And it it's getting really hard for her to play now. And I feel like in one of the next two seasons, I feel like she's going to retire. Do you yeah, think I, so? I, I think I, so. I think we got probably two more years, but I hear you. Um, I also... In looking at the box score... Nafisa Collier went for 25 points and grabbed nine boards, so that was impressive. Dangerfield, again, went for 21 points. She's clutch. She only had, like, seven at the half, I think. So she went – she definitely held her own in the second half. And then lastly was Rachel Banham. She went for 18 points. She got 22 minutes, and I feel – she took Odyssey Sims' spot. She – Odyssey Sims was in the starting lineup and only had 18 minutes, so she definitely took over that. So. Sure. I mean, Banham. She's impressive when she like gets out there. Right. She um she definitely holds her own. I've said that twice now. <laughs> okay, so moving on to the games, WNBA games for today. The first game of the day, we have the Connecticut Sun, who are seven and nine, against the New York Liberty, who are two and thirteen. The last time that these two teams played each other, the Sun won 82-65. to Yeah, and that was just a few games ago, too. Yeah, I think it might, I think that was like last week. Uh, that was, yeah, the 22nd, so nine days ago. I probably have it written down somewhere in this book. Nine, <laughs> nine or ten days ago. So, yeah, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Sorry. My, <laughs> this is pretty early in the morning, so my eyes are having a little bit of trouble. So, right? Connecticut opened up in this game a 14.5 point favorite. Uh, that line has dropped down to 12. The total was 158.5. It's dropped down to 155. 155, that's about the lowest total that I've ever mentioned on this podcast. So, clearly, with the double digit spread, uh, most, most people think that New York's going to really struggle to score. Like, really struggle like not past 70 points 
Connecticut, you know, they've been playing pretty strong. Uh, they've won two out of their last three. They've been alternating wins and losses going back to August 14th. Uh, but from a, against the spread standpoint, against the spread, they've been doing pretty well. That's because this team has turned the corner. And most of the time, that they could thank their defense for that. Most of their games have been going under by a significant amount. Uh, their last game uh, against the Mystics, they held them to 63 <laughs> points, and it went under the total by 22 points. So when they have gone under in their last few games, it's gone under by 22 points, by 3 points, by 15 and a half, by 18 and a half, by 17 and a half, and by 25 and a half. So, so that's significant under. So clearly a precedent on unders. Now, I actually thought this spread was going to be lower. Um, I, I think that the the Liberty are playing a little bit better. <laughs> and so oh I do tend to lean towards the Liberty side, but obviously two and a half points have already taken off this. So um, I can see this could be a second half wager perhaps, uh, perhaps on the under if New York comes out hot scoring. Um, but yeah, tough game. How about you, Tots? Please tell me. Right, Please tell me that mystics. you're not touching. If you're considering a Liberty player, it better not be a high-priced Liberty player. And oh, it better not no. be more than one. No, I'm not even considering a player from here, from the Liberty. And actually, in either of these two teams, I don't really like taking anybody from the Liberty or the Sun. I feel like the Sun are too, like... Um, I don't want to say one-dimensional, but, like, same, like, five players. Their starters are, like, the only people that perform. So I don't really like taking anybody from these two teams. If I had if I had to take somebody from the Liberty, it would probably be Laisha Clarendon at 7,100. Um, she averages 12.5 points a game and then 4.3 assists, so that's a decent amount of fa- um, fantasy points. But then again, it's the Liberty, so, I mean. Um... Really nobody from the Sun. I feel like I spoke on this last time, but with Brianne January coming back, it's really changed up how they score and everything. Um, talking about, like, Natisha Heidenman, Essence Carson, um, even Bria Holmes. It's changed up their minutes. So I feel like it's really hard to take anybody from this t- um, from this game. Let's flip that page because I don't want to take anybody. Thank you. I'll yeah. let you go first on this one. Okay. We have the Indiana Fever, who are 5-11, and 11, against the Atlanta Dream, who are 3-13. and 13. Shocking, shocking enough, the last time these two teams played, the Fever won 93-77. I'm pretty sure in this game, um, the last time they played the Dream were, had a couple of injured players. I'm pretty sure one of them was like Kennedy Carter as well. So... This one's going to be an interesting game, and surprisingly enough, I'm kind of excited for this game. Why? Because I feel like it's going to be higher scoring, and I think that, although I don't really like watching the Fever, I feel like they have started stepping it up a little bit, starting to play and figure out that they can't, that they're only depending on like eight or nine players. And I feel like in those first two or three games, they weren't used to having eight players total. So I feel like it'll be a closer game than this last time these two teams played as well. Okay. <laughs> so the Fever opened up as a three-point favorite. That line's down to one and a half. Total 166, currently 166 and a half. 
for me, I love the dream here. You talked about Carter. Uh, you talked about why this game is going to be closer. When the Carter came back in her last game, right, they were playing the Sparks. That's a tough game. Yeah, That's a it tough was. matchup for her. They were a 13.5 point favorite. They only lost by five. Okay. Prior to that, they didn't have her. They played the Lynx. They lost by nine. Okay. Prior to that, their game, before the break with the... Yes, boycotting. Their game was against the Minnesota Lynx. They won by three. The game before that, they played L.A., the Sparks. They took them to overtime as a 15.5-point uh-huh. underdog. So the point is... They've been getting... <laughs> they've been having some pretty good results in their last four games or against two playoff teams. For the sure. Lynx and the Sparks. Now, they look across, they see the fever. With Carter back, I really like my chances. I like the dream a lot. And I do think this game goes over. So I love the dream today. Okay, well, although the dream are three and thirteen, I feel like looking at their wins and losses, it doesn't show how well they've been playing. Um from the DraftKings side, I've actually been kind of surprised in looking at Courtney Williams' stats. Um, I, yes, I know Kennedy Carter's back now, so obviously it changes it up a little bit. But she was averaging 13.8 points, 6.2 rebounds, which is more than um, the big Elizabeth Williams, and 3.5 assists. So I was surprised in seeing that today. Um, what do you think about Monique Billings? Is she ever going to show up again? Mo? Yeah. Anyone see Mo? Because <laughs> I know I haven't. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's that's a good question. Um, yeah. I don't have that answer. I don't think anybody does. Um, Kennedy Carter is 7,300 today. As much as I would like to take her in DraftKings, she's going to be way over-owned in people looking at her salary. Yes, I do think she'll go for another like 25-point game, but... She's going to be like 65% owned in DraftKings today. Um, So unless you think she's like a must-have, I'm staying away from her. Um, I feel like this is an interesting game for the Fever as well. I would be taking Tiffany Mitchell. Yes, I know I'm always saying her name. But she's 7,800. She's averaging 13.2 points, which is more than... Um, like a couple of the other players up there. And I still am like confused with the player Julie Alleman, their point guard. Yeah. I'm like totally confused. She's 8,300, which is the second highest on their team. And I'm just like, I don't understand. She does average 5.6 assists. She gets like 40 minutes each game. So obviously she has good cardio and passes the ball. But I never really see her like scoring or getting rebounds. What are your thoughts on her, Pops? Oh, man, you're asking the wrong person. I'm I'm, not too sure. I'm very unfamiliar with her. so. I think both of us are. I know. You know more about her than I do. I can (laughs) promise you that. So I'm, like, staying away from her for the whole season because unless she turns into, I don't know, Kenny Carter, I don't know. No, that's not going to happen. Yeah, I'm confused by her. That's not going to happen. You don't just turn into a player like that out of nowhere. No. 
Um, another one that's kind of been stepping it up for the dream is Blake Dietrich. She's 5,600. She's averaging like 3.3 assists, um, 8 to 9 points a game. Um, I feel like she's been uh, uh, another one of those key factors in the dream stepping it up. I know last season she barely got any minutes whatsoever. And at the beginning of the year, she's got like 10 minutes in the game and she showed up. So ever since then, she's starting getting more and more minutes each game. Tati. Yes. I'm looking over at you. And I see notes for days. <laughs> is I mean, is is are those like letters to to your friends or is that like is that like podcast notes? Podcast notes, pops. I was researching um, this morning on points, rebounds, and assists on like the top thirty from in each category. So I mean, I know it's only the top players, but okay. Are you, <laughs> you feeling all right? I think so. Okay, let's flip the page. Next up, we have the Phoenix Mercury, who are nine and seven, against the Las Vegas Aces, who are twelve and three. So surprisingly enough, in this last game that they played against each other, the Mercury won one hundred two to ninety five. I think uh, quite a few people were shocked by that outcome, and I know they did have Bria Hartley and Brittany Griner in that game. And in my opinion, I feel like it's going to be tough for the Mercury at first because this is, I'm pretty sure this is their first game without Priya Hartley and Brittany Griner. Uh, I think, I think that, or was, I think that, oh no, you're right, you're right, Yeah. it is. I um, believe, uh, no, I think it was their second one. Okay, yeah. I think they struggled a little bit in the last game at first. So I know that the game that you're referencing, right, when these two teams last face is at the end of July. And in that game... The Mercury were seven-point underdogs. I say that because today they opened up as seven-point underdogs. The total, 170.5 points. So, for me, this is a revenge angle for Las Vegas just because they've already played each other. Now, the Mercury have been playing a little bit better, no doubt about it. A lot better, actually. But if you really look at their record and who they've won and who they've struggled against, they've actually beaten up on teams that they were favored to beat. When they play against teams with a winning record, they don't do so good. Well, last time I checked the Aces, they have a winning record. So, without Hartley, with the revenge angle for Las Vegas, and the fact that the Mercury tend to fatten up against lesser competition... I really, I do lean towards the Aces. Now, for me, the question is, are they four possessions better than the Mercury today? That's one possession a quarter? I don't know about that. I kind of have a tough time with that. But I do lean towards the Aces side. I do think we're going to get the a really strong performance from Las Vegas tonight. Can the Mercury match it? Honestly, I don't think so today. Okay. Well, I tend to lean towards you on what you're saying. I feel like, so for the bigs, because Bria Hartley and Brittany Griner were both their main bigs and their two stars, basically. Um, so for the bigs on that side, Brianna Turner, 8,500, she's going to have to step up. I know she's already averaging 7.5 rebounds a game, so that's pretty impressive for somebody like that. And she's a second-year player. Last year, I didn't know she was a rookie. Um, 
So she's going to have to step up more. Another person is either like Kia Vaughn or Alana Smith. One of those two, they're both bigs. And I was thinking like, who's the bigs? Who are they going to play as the bigs? Because I never really look at the backups because you always have Brittany Griner and Bria Hartley. And I was looking at, they have a ton of bigs. So they don't even need to worry about backups. And I think that another interesting one is Sophie Cunningham. She's 3,700. Usually she ends up getting the start somehow over... Um, Alana Smith or Kia Vaughn. So we'll see if she starts today, but I'll be kind of surprised if she does. Who do you think is going to step it up for the Mercury today? I think it would. I think it would lean more towards the Skylar Diggins Smith side. Who do you think, Pops? I agree. So then she's nine thousand two hundred. So then she might. You probably should take her. <laughs> I would. If Pops and I both agree. Then I you would. know you'd probably take her. <laughs> right. That's I do it. Right? Do it. And then let's turn that page. Okay. Well now we're in the NBA. Oh no. You sure you want to turn that page? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. So I'm excited for these games. I'm more than excited. I'm thrilled. I feel like today is gonna be excellent. And how okay. come? Why is it gonna why is today gonna be excellent? Because, why are you thrilled? Because it's the Celtics and Rappers, the like two of the best teams in the East. And in that last game they were pretty exciting to watch. And then you got game seven of the Jazz and the Nuggets, and everybody knows that Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell are gonna be going at it. They are. I, I'm with you. So start the, off with the Celtics rappers. Okay. Okay. So obviously Toronto, or as you call them, Tornado, they are going to be looking for blood in this game because they not only got beat, they got beat soundly in Game One. So Boston hasn't lost in the playoffs. You know they beat Philly four straight, and they just yeah. took it to Toronto fairly convincingly. You tend to want to zigzag in the NBA playoffs where you alternate wins and losses. But I see no reason to jump off the Boston bandwagon. I like Boston. I think Toronto, ooh, they're getting trouble. If you look back to game one, right, no player scored more than 17 points. That was Kyle Lowry. Okay. Sycam is plus minus. Minus 20. You know what? He's always in the minus. Anunnabi, minus 21 plus minus. Fred Van Family Fleet, <laughs> plus minus, minus 28. Three of their five starters had a plus minus, a minus of 20, minus 20 or greater. Their fourth starter, Marcus All, minus 18. That is a really, really bad sign when that's the case. So, what do you do? Do you put Norman Powell in the starting lineup? Obviously, that's not going to happen. Serge Ibaka? Serge, he'd be the only one. You know, Serge did have 15 and 9. The only player... Well, I guess there was a few. The only player that played double digits in minutes that had a plus-minus in the pluses for the Raptors in Game 1 was Terrence Davis. Oh, T. Davis, he scored seven points, two yeah, rebounds. Yeah, so you're having to kind of reach a little bit. Ugh. So, honestly, that's I, tough. Brad Steve, I mean, we have two of the very finest coaches in the game. Yeah. So adjustments are going to be had. The problem is, 
Toronto needs to make a heck of a lot of adjustments. Yeah, Nick Nurse. Boston just needs to just keep doing what they're doing. And I like Boston. Okay, well, I agree with you. I know that Kemba had 18 and 10. He got a double-double. He had 10 assists in this last game. And then Daniel Thesis, I've been kind of surprised by him. Thies. I don't know. Okay. Or Thice. I keep but on it's calling. Not thesis. I keep on saying thesis. I guess you're thinking about school. I am. <laughs> so he had 25 minutes, got 13 points and 15 boards. Um, I think we both pops and I have been a little bit surprised on what he has done. Have you? Yeah, of course. Okay. Well, I agree with pops. I'm going with the Celtics. I feel like. I don't want to say they're going to sweep them. I feel like it'll still be end up being a close series, kind of like how the Thunder and Rockets have turned out. But I still think that Celtics are going to win the series. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that it's going to win this series. I don't think this game – this. Uh, I, I like Boston. <laughs> Pops is bit, speechless. So. Turning the page, got a game seven, my favorite day in all sports. It doesn't matter what sport it is. If there's a, an elimination game, a game seven, it's much-watched TV. These two teams are scoring unbelievable. And like, to prove my literally. Point, so the Dallas Mavericks this year put up the best scoring efficiency in NBA history this season at 115.9 points per 100 possessions. Through six That's games, crazy. Through six games in this series, both teams are scoring more than 120 points per 100 possessions. That's so unbelievable. If, if you like offense, this has been your series. For but sure. But at some point, we're going to have to play defense. And who's more likely to play de- defense? The Jazz. Who's better equipped to play defense, the Nuggets or the Jazz? The Jazz. Okay. The total for this game opened at 220 points. Very few games in the bubble have gone the other way. Line movement in this game has the total down to 217.5. So for all the people talking about offense... For all the Sports Center clips on Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell and blah 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 blah, for all the stats I just said offensively, just know the people that bet big money, they're pounding the under in this game, okay? And so it's hard. People when they make bets, the last thing they want to do is bet unders. Everyone wants to. It's the human spirit to. Think that every shot's going to go in because they're great. When money comes in, this have he- this heavily heavily. <laughs> I said heavenly on the <laughs> under. Then I'm taking note of that. Plus, game sevens. There's nerves. These players are still young that are going nuts. I like the Jazz tonight. I'm also, I'm pretty sure I remember you saying in Game 7s, you usually like leaning more towards the veteran side or the people who have played in uh, two playoff, like a couple playoffs. Don't you, Pops? I do. And if we like Chris Paul last night. Gotta like him tonight. I like Mike Conley tonight. Mike Conley's in that Chris Paul mode, in that that kind of mold. Yeah. And that's, that's a supreme compliment. I, I totally agree with that. I also think it's hard to beat a team three straight times in the playoffs, and that's what Denver's trying to do. Yeah, right? Because they were 3-1, three and, uh, three and one, the Jazz. Most people noticed when Donovan Mitchell was all frustrated and left the court and was throwing things and everything. And Rudy Gorbert kicking the chair. Honestly, there's a part of me that likes that. 
Shows the competitiveness in him. I also think Utah has a bench player in Jordan Clarkson. Uh-huh. That can heat up and get going. Um, and he's played in multiple... He's played in a couple different playoff playoffs, correct? Jordan Clarkson? Yeah. Yeah, he has. And so I like Jordan Clarkson in this game. He's always getting like 30 minutes a game as well. Yeah. At least from the DraftKings side. That's yep. definitely... Um, I feel like it's hard to take somebody from the Nuggets, though. I feel like Jokic, or Jokic as everybody's calling him, I feel like I could see myself taking him, but I don't really like taking centers slash bigs in DraftKings. You know what I mean? Because um, everybody's going to is so high on Jamal Murray right now. And I agree, he's been playing amazing. But in this game, I'm just not sure he's going to be able to do that again. Niang is going to hit two critical three-pointers. Gorgeous. His real name is You call him gorgeous. I don't care. That's fine. He's going to look gorgeous when he knocks down a couple of three balls tonight that are going to be very, very important. Okay. Okay, He's going to go all Brooke Lopez tonight. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He ended up with like four threes, didn't he? He sure did. That's funny. So. I don't have anything else. Isn't the, I mean, you got the Contender Series tonight. That's Pop's, like, favorite thing of the week. Tuesday nights are a lot of fun, you know. I I enjoy watching Dana White's Contender Series. It's coming, getting close to coming to an end, but there's some some good matchups there. And, you know, uh, I I do also enjoy the U.S. Open Tennis Tournament that started yesterday. Uh, They got off um, this morning as we're talking. They were in a rain delay. Um, so they're oh, about ready to take the court, sense. and they're going to be going all day long, well into the night. So for about the next 13 hours, it's really tough like to watching... see them Go ahead. Sorry. without fans <laughs> um, in the stands because that's just an unbelievable tournament. And I know that yesterday Coco Golf did lose, and exactly can't help but think say. that part of that was due to the fact. I mean, she feeds off the crowd. She's just one of those players. So, um, but yeah, other than that, I I'm about ready to step out. I hope you guys all have a great day. Tati, the floor is yours. Sounds good. Well, for me, I don't have anything else to say. I mean, I'm thrilled to watch these NBA games today. I feel like they're they're definitely going to be awesome. I think almost everybody should be watching that Jazz Nuggets game because everybody knows that's going to be an intense game. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in today. I hope everybody has a wonderful and great rest of their Tuesday. I know I'll be putting in some basketball work with my sister, Liv Legend, and then probably end up playing unicorns with Lily Buckets. <laughs> okay, well, thank you all for tuning in today, and that wraps up episode 30 of the Daughter and Pops podcast.